I want to talk to you for a few minutes from the subject, do you know him? Do you know him? Today is our Sunday to corporately and publicly recommit ourselves to Jesus and to his church for another year. Rededication and Consecration Sunday was initiated decades ago by Pastor Charles T. Smith to remind us of who Jesus is, who the church is committed to, and what that commitment entails. And for those who suggest that such reminders are not necessary, I would point you to this text and strenuously disagree. In the part of Matthew 16 that we are focusing on today, Peter makes the powerful proclamation that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And he is commended by Jesus for allowing God to gift him with such keen spiritual insight. It looked like Peter was very clear on who Jesus was. But when you keep reading, you discover that the same Peter that just a few moments before had said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, told the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, that he didn't know what he was talking about. And when he did that, Jesus reminded Peter, that he still didn't understand who Jesus was. Moreover, Peter had no real understanding of what it meant to be committed to Jesus. And I believe that Peter is not alone in that space of spiritual ignorance. A lot of us profess we know Jesus with our mouths, but our actions tell another story. So let me ask you today, do you know him? He said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Do you know him? He said, I've come not to be served, but to serve and to offer my life as a ransom for many. Do you know him? He taught us to pray, forgive our sins against you, God, as we have already forgiven those who have sinned against us. Do you know him? He said, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, and do good to those that hate you, and pray for those that use you and 
persecute you. Do you know him? He said the greater blessing is not in receiving, but in giving. Do you know him? He said the one who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for God's kingdom. Do you know him? One reason why we have a worship of rededication and consecration is because it's necessary for us to be reminded of who Jesus is. Knowing Jesus is important. When we know Jesus, we have a better understanding of who we are, or more correctly, who we are not. Isaiah tells us that when he saw God, seeing God helped him to better see himself. Seeing how holy God was helped Isaiah see how unholy he was. Seeing how powerful God was helped Isaiah see how puny he was. And my brothers and sisters, it's helpful to be reminded of who we are in light of who God is. When we know Jesus, we know that he is in charge above and beyond any human system beyond political systems and parties and philosophies, Jesus is in charge. Beyond economic systems or social system or legal systems, Jesus is in charge. Beyond even religious systems, which are so often employed to control people and regiment them to rules rather than to reliance on God. Beyond all of that, Jesus is in charge. And when you know that Jesus is in charge, then you need not fear what tomorrow may bring. For our trust is in the one who holds tomorrow in his hand. Paul says that, that there is a connection between knowing Jesus and living on a higher spiritual plane. He says in Romans 10 that while zeal for God is good, it's useless if it isn't based on a true knowledge of God. Absent a true knowledge of Jesus, we can develop a false sense of security. Absent a true knowledge of him, we are conflicted by false teaching and we are persuaded by histrionics that have less to do with the movement of the Holy Spirit than with our emotional attachment to the spotlight. When we acknowledge that we know who Jesus is, then we stop having to start over all the time. 
and we can build on the solid foundation that he has already established. On this rededication and consecration Sunday, the church ought to be able to say that I know Jesus because I met him for myself. That's what Matthew describes here in this text. Peter makes a powerful pronouncement about who Jesus is under the persuasion of the divine paraclete. Now, in point of fact, Jesus asked two questions, one general and one specific. Generally, Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? And Shiloh, if we are to fulfill our call, then we must be concerned about what people think about Jesus. You see, our assignment is to point people to Jesus, and we can't fulfill that assignment if we're disinterested in what people believe about Jesus. More than that, if people have a negative opinion about Jesus, it may mean that we haven't done our job. For the only Jesus that most people will see is the Jesus that they see in us. Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? And and the disciples responded essentially by saying, people think that you're just another prophetic voice trying to turn them in a certain direction. That's what the comparisons to Elijah and Jeremiah and even John the Baptist represented. The disciples weren't saying that Jesus had a bad reputation with the people, but they were saying that the people failed to recognize that there was something special about Jesus that set him apart from everybody else. And church, it's bad when folk don't see any difference between Jesus and other folk, even when the other folk are good folk. People make the same error Today, they want to make Jesus a part of an aggregate of things that we consider to be good and valuable. Moses and Jeremiah were heroes of Judaism, and John the Baptist was the hero of the moment in that area of the world. And these people did not think that it would be wrong to just add Jesus to this already wonderful list of good people. But can I tell you that you can't add Jesus to a list? He belongs on a list all by himself. So after Jesus asked the first question, he asked a deeper question. He asked a more personal question. He he asked a question that required the disciples to look inward rather than to look outward. He said, who do you say that I am? And on this Sunday of rededication and consecration, this is the question that confronts us today. Do we know him? Who do we say Jesus is? It's it's an important question because if we're not clear on who he is, then nothing else in our lives really matters. Well, 
Peter gave us a powerful answer to Jesus' question, prompted by the Holy Spirit. But Peter's answer can help us to develop our answer about who Jesus is. First, Peter says, you are the Christ. And that means that Jesus is the anointed one. Christ is Greek, and, and in its most literal sense, it means anointed one. To be anointed carried special meaning in ancient Judaism. When God set apart kings to lead his people, they were anointed with oil as a symbol of their calling and their sanctification. The anointing meant that God had placed his mark of leadership on them. The anointing meant that God had endowed them with the tools necessary to carry his people to heights of success. So when Peter says to Jesus, you are the Christ, he's saying that Jesus is the anointed one. Shiloh, when we know who Jesus is, we know that he's God anointed and that he's set apart from everything and everyone else. Being God's anointed one means that he is king of kings and lord of lords. Being his anointed means there's no one like him. Being his anointed one means that he is worthy of power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. The first thing Peter says about Jesus is you are the Christ. You are the anointed one. But then he does not just say that you are the Christ, but he says that you are the Messiah, that he is God's promised yeah. deliverer. Now, most of you sitting there will say that Christ and Messiah mean the same thing, and you would be incorrect. While Christ means anointed one, Messiah means promised one. So when Peter declares that Jesus is the promised one, he's saying that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to deliver us way back in Eden God made a promise to deliver us when he said that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent well Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise and I'm glad for that because it tells me that no matter how the world changes around us, no matter what happens from one moment to the next, we have a deliverer. Systems won't change us, but the deliverer will. Federal courts won't deliver us, but Jesus will. Your fraternal organizations won't deliver you, but Jesus will. Secret societies won't deliver you, but Jesus will. Denominations won't deliver you, but Jesus will. Who you know downtown can't deliver you, but Jesus will. He said, now I make my home 
with my people. I will live with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. I will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Why? Because of who I am. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. If you're thirsty, come to me. I'll give you water to drink. If, if you're hungry, come to me. I'll give you food to eat. And it won't cost you anything. Anyone who comes to me, I will receive him. And I will be their father. And they will be my child. Peter, who am I? You are the Christ. And you are the Messiah. Well, there's one final thing that, that Peter says, and that is he says to Jesus, you are the son of the living God. And that tells me that Jesus is our hope for the future. As we move into 2020, as we try to navigate through the tough times that are lurking all around us, one thing is certain. Our hope does not rest in us. Our hope does not rest in conditions. But our hope rests in Jesus. My hope is in his love. My hope is in his forgiveness. My hope is in his grace and mercy. I know that I would have no future at all if it weren't for Jesus. Life could stop right now or I could live to be a thousand and it wouldn't matter if I didn't know Jesus. I could travel the world or I could never leave my room and it wouldn't matter if I didn't know Jesus. I could amass great sums of wealth or I could die a pauper and it wouldn't matter if I didn't know Jesus. There is no hope outside of Jesus. And, 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 and I want us to understand that our hope is not in what might happen. Our hope is in who's in charge of what happens. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have delivered to him against that day. I know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that I might attain the resurrection from the dead. I don't know what, but I do know who. I know who can turn the darkness of midnight into the light of noonday. I know who can lift me up out of the pit of despair and plant my feet on a solid foundation. I know who makes rough places plain and crooked places straight. I know who feeds me when I'm hungry. I know who consoles me when I'm in despair. I don't know what, 
but I know who. Do you know him? Have you met him for yourself? Does he walk with you? Does he talk with you? Do you know his name? Can I hear you say Jesus? Jesus, 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 I know him. And if you know him, then you ought to know this. He's able. He's able. 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 I do not know how long it will be. I don't know what the future holds for me. But this, I know. I know that 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 I know. If Jesus, if Jesus, if Jesus leads me. I shall get home someday. Choir's going to sing a hymn. Deacons are coming across. Hey, hey, say, Lord, you are good. From every nation and tongue. People from every nation and tongue. From generation to generation, we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you for who you are. We worship you. We worship you. Clap those hands. Amen. We come to have a good time in the Lord. Hey, hey, hey. Let's take it again from the top. Lord, you were good, Jay. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you were good, Jay. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth
say you are good.